Shafee. Shafee, are you there? You can have anything you want. As long as it doesn't have ice, straws, cherries, olives, mixer, umbrellas, fruits, or flames. Night has fallen once again over the hill country in central Texas. Limestone has turned from yellow to pink to the bone white of the moon. Bill the landlord's bird feeder is empty, but it is warm in here where we are getting ready for one magical hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. I am so happy tonight to welcome my good buddy. You know him, you love him. He's the pride of Tarzana, California. He has mandibles like the predator. He's the proverbial man inside two garages. He's Matthew Rampey. Podcast happening here. And what we're saying ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a mic over there. Telling you, subscriber beware. I think it's time we stop podcast. What's that sound? Here's another podcast going down. You want another? You want another verse? Absolutely. <laughs> this download numbers coming in. Yes. We don't know how much we need to win. We've got some cages to rattle. Uh, getting so much good input from Alex Battles is on the I I and I didn't take the input because I didn't make that any shorter. <laughs> uh, uh, in fact, we made it long. Say lovey. I I've I got a problem with authority. Not that I don't yeah. not that I don't appreciate oh. all the input from Alex. That was that was wonderful and I know Alex loved it. Uh, speaking of numbers, how about those numbers, Matthew? So uh, uh, the downloads are growing. We just had. There's no way of knowing. We had three days in a row of three-digit download numbers. First time ever. Yeah, our biggest day ever yesterday. And uh, and a shout out to all of you listeners on the exact opposite side of the world. We have uh, approximately twenty percent of our downloads come from India. So shout out to all of our friends over there. Please get at us. Yeah, somebody, somebody get at us from India. Let us know where you're listening. Let us know what we can do for you. I would like to tailor some content just for you guys. You guys just tell me what you need. Tell me what you want. And we're going to have it coming straight, uh, straight down the fiber internet, uh, right, right into your backyard. Maybe we need some... Maybe we need some Bollywood movie reviews, some avocado reviews of some big Bollywood done. productions. You think that's a good idea? Uh, that's if, yeah. I mean, in so much as the idea has me watching Bollywood. Movies, yeah, down. I mean, what's your what's your favorite Bollywood movie, Shaver? There's uh, the one with the dancing and the singing. I like that one too. And really, any of the ones that have bright colors in them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one's good. Yeah. I, I like those. those. I like those as well. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think we should get right to it tonight and just let everybody know what kind of party this is going to be. Yeah. Let's, let's open the box and let Pandora out of it. She's, 
she's been uh, she's been boxed up a little too long. Savage of Pandora. Are you talking to me? Oh no, you're talking to our guest. My 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 oldest and most beloved friend, Renee Delight Emery, is joining us tonight. Hello, Renee. Hello, Stacy. Chops. She's a, she's she's in in terms of our the collective age of our souls. We're old. We're, we we are eternity, and therefore the oldest. We were born before the wind. Mm. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you guys you know, knew each other in a former life. Is that is that what I'm understanding? Is that what I'm hearing? Many, many, many lives. Okay. Wow. Matthew Renee used to tell people that I was hatched, fully grown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just people on the street. Yeah. Anybody who people, asks. Anywhere we go. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's always very curious about the reproductive processes of the shavers. And the Renee's. <laughs> so Renee and Schaefer are old friends. I once again, have, you know, I've met Renee before, really just one time. Do you recall meeting me? I believe uh, if it was at the Four Face Liar, I I definitely remember that. But it wasn't. It was at Manisha's house for Schaefer's okay, birthday yes, yes. when you came but, to Austin. Yeah, with, and we had the crossbow out. That sounds right. Yep, that sounds like the right house. I my my recollection of it is that it was Manisha's birthday. No, wait, it was Schaefer's birthday. And I arrived at the house and you had arrived just before me. And you were like at the door and I had parked and was coming up behind you. And you walked into the house and shut the door. And I, I walked up to the well, house and opened the door, opened the door and came in. And um Everyone else was out, out back. There was nobody in the living room. And I was like, hey, who are you? And you were like, who are you? <laughs> who are you, sir? I was about to ask you the same question. And I was like, as far as I knew, I, I didn't recognize you. I thought you had walked into the wrong house. Well, I'm and and I, think, I think you thought that just some creeper just some skeevy creep daddies had followed you into this house that you thought you were going to see Schaefer's party. Um, be it, the was, first time. it was that vibe for a second. And <laughs> I was like, I felt really bad for, you know, being threatening, just, uh, you know, coming into my friend's house for his birthday. It, but so that was, that was how you and I met. I have a good memory. I remember all those things. Nice to oh, see you wow. again. Nice to oh, see the, you. Sorry about that. I did not at all. The four face, no, I think that you. I think, <laughs> I think yeah, that I'm not sure that that didn't happen because remember, we ended up, you and Amy ended up at the Four Face Liar, and we ended up going over to the village to meet Steve Kramer. And I don't know why we wouldn't have done that without Renee. And we ended up, you and I ended up hanging out in Tompkins Square Park. And I'm quite sure Renee was not with us that night. Okay. I remember that very well. Do you we were talking about Steve Kramer today. He always pops up. <laughs> sure does. I would love to talk to Steve Kramer sometime here on this podcast. Is he, is he available? <laughs> we, we'll, have, we'll have his people. Well, yeah, we'll have that's what I thought. That's, that's what I thought. A lot of and red tape. We'll have to just see about that. Yeah, there's, a, there's calendars, there's red tape. Oh, okay. All right. That's too much already. There's, so there's, I've, there's blood feuds. Oh, blood feuds. Okay. That one night in Connecticut. 
You know, I met one. him when I was 17 in Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did you introduce him to Schaefer? Yes. Yeah. That must be the case. I only hung out with him that one night. He seems like a dynamic individual. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> That's certainly one one way to describe it. Listen, I don't know why we're talking about Steve Kramer. We have Renee with us here. Um, So I'm going to start you on the podcast with a similar question to a lot of guests. How did you meet Schaefer? I had just moved to the West Village and was living there maybe a week and found a church that I was going to attend a Sunday early evening service at. And I thought to myself, well, I'm dressed nice. Why don't I go have a little drink before church? And I knew the Four Face Liar. And it was the first bar that I ever went to in New York City, the first day I ever went to New York City. So I had sort of a history there. And I walked in, and Shaver was behind the bar. And he goes, well, look at you. Where are you going? And I said, I'm just going to have a drink before I go to church. And he ripped his <laughs> pearl snap <laughs> shirt off, grabbed his belly and said, this is your new church. <laughs> and then I didn't make it to church. We ended up spending like three days together. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's perfect. That is, that is the best meeting Schaefer story that I've heard so far. Um, awesome. It worked. <laughs> this is too bad you didn't make it to church. It is, but, you know, it takes years to find the right church. You gotta, yeah. Different. Gotta put in your everybody, everybody observes in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly did. <laughs> we certainly did. Now. I love, I love that. That photo of Dolly and Kenny behind you. Is that signed? Um, it is, yes. Holy <laughs> So uh, just, just for you. Sure that. <laughs> for you, the listener, there is a glitter-framed picture of Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers behind me, and it is signed, and it is beautiful. So this, uh, this is a perfect segue for you to tell us about your new living situation. Tell us about the cabin. Well, as many people did uh, in COVID, <laughs> that fateful week, we left on, uh, we, I left the city on March 12th to you come left, upstate. Left New York City like rats off a ship. <laughs> like, uh, it, it was literally, uh, my partner and I were flying to Atlanta to go to an engagement party for Schaefer, you know, uh, Laura Kornhauser, the lovely Kornhauser. Oh, wow. And, um, and her brother, Michael, who lives upstate where we were spending a lot of time for the past few years, said, hey, this is getting pretty serious. And most of our work was like shutting down and telling us to go home, to take everything, you know be safe only that so, which you carry right so we uh basically packed a bag uh my bag was basically packed for atlanta for going to parties and just 
hanging out like on the golf cart with uh, friends and chilling out, <laughs> brought it upstate. And we have been upstate New York um, with the Kornhausers and the Curran family, which is my boyfriend's family. Uh, Mikey Kornhauser is married to Janelle Curran and Janelle's brother is my beloved and on so on and so forth. So there's a big crew of us and we've Our been upstate. The story is all this time itself. It was, um, yeah, and there's a lot of us, so it was great, but all of us were living together uh, since March 12th at this beautiful farm. And then, you know, things seemed like maybe time to buy a house. So we were looking at the market, which is a little crazy up here, but we love it. And it was sort of always the plan to get a house. But uh, particularly, I had seen this cabin and thought, man, just makes me think of the Great Smoky Mountains and Dolly Parton. I think it would be really cool to live in a cabin and make it like a little country music cathedral and we can have our friends and family there and it'll be safe and it's right by the farm and we can sort of do our own thing. So that progressed and now we have a Dolly Parton themed cabin. Got a wow. lot of, uh, we do a lot of just listening to vinyls. We cook a lot. We've got a lot of family around, so we do a lot of home karaoke <laughs> and kind of live our best life in our upstate way. That sounds like the best way to handle a pandemic, right? <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound like the most healthy, adjusted way to handle it all? I think we're uh, pretty unlucky. I definitely think we've done some things that weren't uh super healthy in the last year but we've definitely had more fun than we should in the circumstances and we were all healthy and all together so are people working remotely yes we all work remotely <laughs> when we were uh all living together it got very tricky because you'd have to find a stairwell or mm. a closet to take a call in mm. so the dispersing from the farm was very interesting because it was great we got to all still be together because we're in a pod as it is called um, and we only see each other but we uh, are able now to do our own thing and go between houses and it's, it's quite nice that's freaking fantastic <laughs> they gotta be a they gotta be missing you out on the out on the southern fork out on the south fork right um yeah you know I miss Montauk. That's been the hardest thing about this whole thing is, is not being in Montauk and not having my Montauk crew, but thankfully I, uh, they're, they're staying safe and doing the right thing too. So I miss the South Fork too. It misses I, you. I, right? I was more of an Amagansett boy than Montauk boy, but it's not. <laughs> I was looking through phone videos and uh, I've had Milton and Alex out to Montauk and um, Alex has been quite a few times, but it's always a very fun train ride. If you get to ride with Alex because he'll bring his banjo and just perform on the Long Island railroad, <laughs> people start to gather in the car, which was, you know, pre COVID that was, a, that was a fun time. That was a real party car, but Alex, I hope that uh, we'll all be out there again soon. Alex and I have taken some pretty amusing train rides to Amagansett. <laughs> He's singing the Windows song. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm watching Windows. Yeah. Uh, there's been some some 
train rides back from Amagansett when uh, uh, Alex was basically my Clara Barton, just keeping me alive. Shafi, <laughs> 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 speak to me. Yeah, I was thinking how funny it is that you and I both have these kind of South Fork histories, but we never went out there together. No, and also we've been to that Hootenanny, but separately. Yeah. Shafee, what's a South Fork? The South Fork is in Long Island, uh, way out at the end of it. It's really beautiful, uh, but it splits off into, it kind of looks like a fish's mouth. Okay. And there's, so there's an inlet where the mouth is, and then the, what would be the fish's head would be the North Fork, and the fish's jaw would be the South Fork. The South Fork is where Amagansett is and where Montauk is. And we used to go out to Amagansett, the Amagansett Dunes with the West Falls. And that's where the, uh, the Amagansett Hootenanny was originated, uh, starring, uh, starring Alex Battles and Schaefer Hall. Uh, Legendary. It's turned into quite the going concern on the South Fork. These years. It just was the 10th anniversary this year, or last year, I think. Still happening. Ten years of, of hootenannies. It's surprising to find really good country music right there at the end of Long Island, isn't it? <laughs> we are the only ones. It's shocking. <laughs> it is a small but solid group. I actually, when, I actually, when we hung out with Renee before, then I had gone and looked at Montauk on a map, and that that looks interesting to me. It's the most special, beautiful place. Yeah, seems cool. Yeah. I'd like to go. I'd like to go beyond Long Island. <clears throat> one of these, one of these years, I had a yeah. That seems so foreign now. Just a different world. It's so beautiful. We drove out there. We had to close down a storage unit and move a bunch of my stuff upstate. And it's just you just you cross the stretch from Amagansett into Montauk. And you see the ocean and you just feel suddenly like, oh my God, it's home. Like, I feel so good. And of course, it's such a beautiful small town and you know everyone and you can't like go to the grocery store without hugging five people. And, you know, it's just, it's so weird in COVID. It would be a really great place to be. I think, you know, it's been a problem that a lot of people have sort of gone out there and been running around that wouldn't normally be there. I mean, that's everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, there's hijinks it's, going on all over the place, no doubt about that. For sure. Steve Kramer and around. <laughs> so, 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 Renee, how many shares of GameStop do you own? Uh, oh, I dumped it all this week. <laughs> you did? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to short um, Yankee Candle Company. You know what? That reminds me of a get to know your podcast partner question. Um, what's your favorite candle scent, Renee? Oh. If you were at a Yankee Candle Company outlet store. <laughs> it, it's an evergreen Christmas tree, Smoky Mountain Christmas. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have. Uh, they it's been discontinued, but if you can get your hands on Bed Stuy in July, <laughs> that's a great, <laughs> a great <laughs> and I know well. that's uh, 
Yeah, I um, spend a lot of time in Bed-Stuy. <laughs> we, really, we really ran that section for a while. <laughs> swing, by, uh, swing by Sputnik on your way, but don't, don't disrespect the cap. The tip top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no disrespect to the cap. Uh, Renee, we had Alex on on uh, on Thursday. We you know we told him that you were coming, and we asked if he had anything he would like us to ask. And he said, "Ask her about John Ham." <laughs> I love I love that she's in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, it's fine. I, no, it's great. I, it it adds to the texture for sure. Woke um, up for this part. <laughs> <laughs> wake up for this part. Uh, certainly, uh, we we uh, we leave it to your discretion, Renee. Don't. I'd say you know I don't very well dressed. Very well dressed, man. Very well dressed. Oh yeah, good, great taste in clothes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's another excellent segment by producer. Am I right? It's Alex Battles. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those segments where everybody just got real uncomfortable. Hey, hey, you know what? That's my forte, Mister. <laughs> Renee, who's the who's the last band you saw at Stephen Talkhouse? What's that? Sorry. What's the last musical act you saw at Stephen Talkhouse? Um, oh God, my favorite artist of all time, Leon Russell. Hot Lava. Oh wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I've seen him. Hot Lava has come and go, but uh. <laughs> wait, wait. D explain for the listeners what you're talking about. Hot Lava is a band that separately Schaefer. I know them through a different section of friends. Schaefer knows them through a different section of friends, but they're sort of a, uh, how do I put this? It's a, it's a nice group of friends. Um, they're in a certain age group and have all been friends for a long time and they have their cover band and it's called Hot Lava. They're known for their <laughs> cover of the Pina Colada song. <laughs> Schaefer wrote a song that referenced uh, he changed the words <laughs> that song. Uh, all the way to Montauk. Yeah, all the way to Montauk. <laughs> Wait, Schaefer wrote a song for Hot Lava? Um, not for Hot Lava, but about the bar in which they like to perform. And say the name of the bar again. The Stephen Talk House. The Stephen Talk House. Is that somebody's name? Is that like Matthew been talking in the Taliban? I don't get it. a piece of Long Island history with great recording artists such as Leon Russell having performed there quite regularly in his lifetime. Huh. Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, Paul Simon. Everybody's, All the greats. Everybody's passed through the talk house. Sometimes Jimmy Buffett literally just goes behind the bar and starts serving drinks in there <laughs> on a random night. Wow. <laughs> you never know. Huh. That sounds like an awesome place. That and that's in Montauk. It's in Amagansett, which is the okay, next. right. And I, I think that what I'm learning on tonight's podcast is to how to finally pronounce that Amagansett. <laughs> yeah, I've, I can never I've, spell it still. I've seen it written. I've seen it written many times throughout my life, but could never say it. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of letters in it. 
Didn't uh, didn't your brother use that for a fantasy league, like the Amagansett Shakes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which involves yeah, it was when we were out there with uh, Tom Westfall. It, uh, we were just kind of sitting on the beach, and he got hot, and he pulled his shirt out, so it hung down over his head, and that's how uh, that's how we created the characters, the Shake of Amagansett, and and then I was I was his secretary, Sven. <laughs> and I was kind of walking around behind him, like holding his things and pretending like he was really important. <laughs> and out there, it, out there, and I'm against it, people just don't know. They're like, whoa, maybe that guy really is a shake. We don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad that uh, you, Milton, Alex, and I were never all together in Montauk at the same time. And Milton gladly pointed out that that would not be a good idea. <laughs> one night uh powder keg yes <laughs> one night uh it was actually it was it was a full day's worth at at cyril's fish uh fish camp oh god yeah cyril's was this, long gone this lady decided that i was like that guy from the verizon commercial <laughs> and it was like she just wanted to see somebody famous so bad that she decided <laughs> that i was famous and like kind of wouldn't leave me alone. She's like, you're that guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not that guy. And she's like, that's exactly what that guy would say. And I'm like, you know, all right. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, when we showed up later at the talk house, like we had, I had all of Dickie's bachelor party with me. So like Charlie and Derek and the whole gang. So, and then I saw her coming over and I was like, guys, guys get, and they kind of arranged around me, like kind of pushed her away. Like they were my, Entourage, and then of course that just encouraged her even more. She was like, just to, just determined. I had to sneak out the back of the talk house. Uh, I think a few of us have snuck out the back of the talk house. <laughs> That's the way it is for some of us. For some of us out South Forkway. <laughs> That's a quality bar where you end up having to flee. <laughs> but, it reminds uh, me of Studio Fifty Four. It's, yeah, it's like that, but put more more sand and flip flops. There was definitely a raid or a closure at Studio Fifty Four, and uh, there's a famous story about Dolly Parton climbing a fire escape in her dress and heels to <laughs> get out. <laughs> I would think that Dolly Parton wouldn't need to do that. I would think she would just walk out and be like, "I'm Dolly Parton. Nobody's arresting me." <laughs> it's like Mary Nelly and Halston. <laughs> Oh, that's whoever you need to. I'm going home. <laughs> For some reason, I'm sort of surprised to hear about Dolly being at Studio 54. I thought she was a little more straight-laced than that. Everyone. Everyone, Every, everyone went there. Okay. It was okay. a shocking. I think it was just what you did. This was okay. before the four-face layer. Yeah. This was... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, do you think Dolly was, like, partying? Oh, no, I don't think she parties that much. Nah, I mean, yeah, okay. No. All right. She All right. is so, uh, she is so full of so much other stuff. I don't think she messes with anything right. too hard. Right. It's Jesus. She's anointed. Right. It's cool. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love Dolly. I have a lot of respect. <laughs> I've got a new idea for a Quibi. You got a new Quibi show idea? The Dolly Parton house. <laughs> oh, man. I just, is Renee caught up on that? I don't know about Quibi. 
the Alex, the the Alex battles, the the, the Jack Sparrow house. Tell her, Shafi. <laughs> the Jack Sparrow house was a Quibi show where fifteen Jack Sparrow impersonators all had to stay in character for as long as possible. The, whoever stayed in the character the whole time won a prize. And and Quibi was a network created by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who yeah. that was meant <laughs> that was meant to be. It was another streaming service, but it was meant to be just looked at on your phone, on your mobile device. And the, and the episodes, all the content were less than 10-minute episodes. Whoa, that would be – I mean, we, we make a lot of weird videos here, so that would be – we could get one of those done. You could get day. a show, right. Well, the whole network failed already. Um, <laughs> but – Will you send us some of those videos for the podcast Facebook page, Renee? Sure. Thank can we you. feature a, can we feature one of your art house videos? Interesting. <laughs> Y'all are like the Catskills Bjork and Matthew Barney over there, or what? <laughs> it's uh, there's not much else to do besides listen to records, but that's kind of what makes it great. Interesting thing about Quibi is Wall Street Bets actually tried to uh, <laughs> to drive up the stock for Quibi, but they're they're too far gone. They had already folded. But but tell her the yeah. kicker with the um, Jack Sparrow house. The kicker, Renee, I was totally captivated by this idea of the Jack we, Sparrow we, house. We talked about it on like 15 episodes running. Like, we talked about it, you know, like this breaking news story that captivated us and all of our listeners. Um, and finally, I got online and did a deep dive to try to find some YouTubes of the Jack Sparrow house. And it turned out the entire thing was made up by some internet joker. <laughs> you got catfished. So we never, got catfished. We got content catfished. We, um, Safi and I actually stayed for years. We've watched Weekend at Bernie's, all of our friends. <laughs> and we were going to uh, Tom and Lindsay's wedding, Lindsay Anderberg, and got to the Outer Banks. Someone sent me a text and said, you'll see the house. It says Weekend at Bernie's out front. And I was like, ha ha, we referenced that movie way too much. Sure enough, we pull up and it says the Weekend at Bernie's house. And I was like, we manifested this. We made it happen. And the owner of the house, like. Wait, they, was it the actual Weekend at Bernie's house? It, no, it was just had, the oh, Weekend okay. at Bernie's uh, right, okay. house. Okay. Well, what happened was okay. that they, they shot a lot of the exterior shots four weekend at Bernie's down on this island in, in Carolina. And so the guy had gone and got all this extra stuff from the movie shoot and put it in his beach house. It's a great house. I highly recommend it. And Seven stars. <laughs> it also had this giant mural of this girl with a hibiscus in her hair and a sea turtle. And it had a, and it had a, like the entire lyrics of a Jimmy Buffett song. Oh God. <laughs> Hand hand painted on the wall. I'm not the only one with a steam home. It was a magical place. <laughs> Are you guys? That was good. <laughs> That's good. That I heard your audience fall out there. Um, uh, I th that that made me lose my train of thought too. Am <laughs> <laughs> I gonna well, get moved to the timeout center? What were we talking about? You're going to put yourself in time out? The weekend at Bernie's house. Yeah. Yeah. Steam houses, Jack Sparrow house. Shit. Short selling stocks. No. No. I 
totally, completely lost it. <laughs> oh, that happens in this place. <laughs> totally, completely lost it. I think we're partying tonight. What are you oh. drinking? What are you drinking over there, Renee? Oh, it started as martini. a um, vodka soda in a martini glass, and now it is onto a truly black cherry lemonade hard seltzer. So, <laughs> you just never know. Cheers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's like how if you're that's like how if you're drinking wine out of a mug in a Zoom call, you're supposed to blow on it. <laughs> I, that is a really shady tip. Just cool it down a little bit, if you know that what I mean. Is, uh, I'm gonna start blowing on this. It's a visual pun. If I which, try that at work. Of course, this podcast <laughs> specializes in visual puns. <laughs> yes, indeed. I didn't realize you guys actually did see each other doing this. So I was teasing Schaefer and I was like, I'm going to wear something fabulous and put something on. And he was like, okay, great. <laughs> I realized you do actually see each other. I thought it was just all. I knew you were going to be dressed fabulous no matter what. Oh, Schaefer. Schaefer's been taking photos of the video chat and I've just been wearing a schlubby uh, uh, hoodie. And then that's that's what the world you know sees me in. Renee my, um, Renee is wearing like a sequin prom dress. It's a Dolly Parton sequin gown. It's fantastic, and your earrings are like thank um, you, thank amazing. you, amazing. Um, yeah, very like very, very dangly, very shimmery, very shiny. Maybe the whole back. scene over there is like so huga huga. <laughs> that's the, um, that's the Danish word. It's, it looks it's it looks very cozy. The wood paneling and the the it's picture in the cozy. background of it. It's it's this is that you're bringing the comfort tonight. There are different comfort rooms. We have one that is definitely a male icon room. We've got Dale Earnhardt in there. We've got Clint. <laughs> We've got Burt Reynolds. Uh, then we have a hero room where we've got you know, the Tuskegee Airmen, other great Americans. There's a beautiful picture of the Gipper when he was young and on a horse dressed like a cowboy. John Wayne, we got Elvis. Every room has a different feel. But this is my special Dolly dream room where I get to pray and just do my, <laughs> do my program to myself. Thank you for having us. And thanks for having me. I can't wait to have you all visit. Oh man, Ugh. we Renee, we have a couple of questions from Jeff for you. Oh brother, Renee, watermelon or cantaloupe? Watermelon, one thousand. Okay, okay, you're on our team. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how many cantaloupes are out there. You know, there's nothing better than waking up in the morning and having that fresh watermelon juice. Uh, is that a, a euphemism? <laughs> Literally make it. It's okay. delightful. Okay. Hey, Come on down to Dolly's cabin and find out, Rampy. <laughs> we don't do cantaloupes. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> with the knowledge from Jeff Jackson, our resident East Texas criminal defense attorney, with the knowledge that he says all last meals on death row are expertly prepared, what would yours be? 
Mm. Oh, Lord. It's tough, right? I would think of something that made me think of Hoot and Brenda. So it'd probably be, you know, meatloaf, mashed potatoes, green beans, and carrots. That, that makes me think of Hoot and Brenda, too. I know. God are bless them. Are you channeling Dolly? <laughs> no. Hoot <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Brenda are Renee's parents. Oh, okay. Um, just it, to, that... that uh, Last meal sounded like Dolly's answer. That's all I just. <laughs> In my Tennessee mountain home. <laughs> uh, it also bears a striking resemblance to your answer, right? Or to Jeff's? I think it's to Jeff's. Mine was. Did someone else choose that? Mine was much more convoluted. Uh, Renee, if you were able to. You can get on a giant boat and you can have anything you want on this boat and anyone you want on this boat, but you can never leave the boat until you die. Do you get on the boat? Yes. <laughs> very much. That's, That's nice. easy. I agree. That's heaven. <laughs> I'm on that boat too, Renee. <laughs> there's a few of us on that boat and there's probably meatloaf too. <laughs> if you want, if you want the meatloaf on the boat, you got the meatloaf on the boat. Ladies' want, choice. There's a lot of things I would do, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I think it'd be great. I, it'd be a lot of musicians and comedians. It would just be. You could have meatloaf with meatloaf. <laughs> We'd be hamming it up. <laughs> <laughs> Provided he was dressed correctly. Yes, appropriate. <laughs> Next question. Uh, what, what do you think is the most plausible, philosophically and theologically, what is the most plausible afterlife? And do you want to go there? I believe when you go, you get to move over. There's a few different places that we might end up, but the point is eventually we get to where God is and it's a lot of singing and people don't talk. They don't have to speak. You can hear what's in their heart and it's magical and bigger than what we would ever be able to imagine or have the sense in this life to even feel. And I absolutely plan to go there and know it. Good I answer. know it's up there, Shafee. I know it. I love it. <laughs> I love it that this story started with Shafee getting you off your path to church. <laughs> <laughs> we do church now at home. It's it's really great. You're all welcome to join sometime on a Zoom if you want. I've actually been attending church more during the pandemic than I have in many years. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, uh, I enjoyed my wife's home church in Jackson, Mississippi, Northminster oh, Baptist. Nice. It's very good. Chuck, the pastor, married us, and a, uh, he's real good, man. He's he's got some thought-provoking sermons. He doesn't, and he doesn't waste a lot of time. Like he's not going to keep you from the Cowboys game. I love you know that. What I mean? Yeah. Is it a musical church? Um, it is quite musical. There's quite a lot of older ladies who do kind of operatic singing. There, there there's a bunch oh, of there's a bunch man, of different. 
You got to send me this link, Rampy. Oh yeah, North Let's Min- go up there tomorrow. Northminster Baptist. It was the Amy's dad tells us that it was the group of Baptists who wanted to drink, and well. they they formed this church. And then they wanted. And it's a little sing. more. It's a little more high church liturgical than um, maybe you know a, a, another Southern Baptist type church. Um, it's maybe a little more formal, but they're pretty cool. So that's been good. That's I'll been good during the, during the pan, the pandemic, as Schaefer calls it. I love how people used to always say like, "We're church shopping. We're just going to different churches and we're church shopping." I was like. <laughs> It's important to find the right one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You just got to pick out your size and what your needs are. And- it's like a good handbag. <laughs> or uh, or a good racing game. <laughs> As uh, Alex was talking in the last episode about uh, racing games and how some people enjoy racing games and some people don't. And he's one of the people who do, but it's a certain type of racing game that he likes. Just like finding the right, just like finding the right denomination. <laughs> so, so him. It's great. Well, it's like, it's like the Northminster Baptist people who wanted to drink. They wanted to be Baptists, but they also wanted to have a little Tuesday tipple, you know, get into the cups. They say. No so, yeah, good stuff. No judging. Schaefer, That's you my were, church. <laughs> yeah, that is a good church to go to. That's the church of one magical hour. Uh, Schaefer, would, are you, are you doing, you got you another question? Sure. Sorry. How did you guys feel about a poem by Ada Limone? Oh, God, I miss them. I'd, I'd pay money for it. Yeah. I'll, uh, ven, I'll Venmo you. This is Ada Limone's poem, Love poem with apologies for my appearance. Sometimes I think you get the worst of me, the much-loved loose forest green sweatpants, the long braless days, hair knotted and uncivilized, a shadowed brow where the devilish thoughts do their hoofed dance on the brain. I'd like to say this means I love you, the stained white cotton shirt, the tears, pistachio shells, the mess of orange peels on my desk, but it's different than that. I move in the house, in this house with you, the way I move in my mind, unencumbered by beauty's cage. I do like I do in the tall grass, more animal me than much else. I'm wrong. It is that I love you, but it's more that when you say it back, lights out a cold wind through the curtains, for maybe the first time in my life, I believe it. She's so freaking talented. So lovely poem. I didn't quite do it justice, but I think you got the idea. Also, I feel like in COVID, I wish I could just pretend I wrote that and give it to my boyfriend. <laughs> well, it won't tell. Some, she's talking about some universal emotions there. <laughs> I think I Ada, love the word unencumbered. I bet you told Ada that, that she would say, oh, you can do that. I'll let you do. <laughs> she's she's very generous. I think I think Ada's in my top three favorite poets. I uh, I would I'd agree with that statement. Yeah, she's uh, absolutely transcendent and prolific too. Man, Lucas really scored out, didn't he? <laughs> he really 
<laughs> he, uh, he made a good decision for once in his life. <laughs> a solid bet. <laughs> I remember the party that we went to during that horrible blizzard in New York, and we all got stuck in New York and couldn't go home. And uh, we went to this party that Ada was at, you and Lucas and I and Dickie, and we got caught in a blizzard. And I was like depressed because I couldn't make it home to Oklahoma to see Hoot and Brenda. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go stay with Schaefer in this blizzard. And I had on a raccoon fur coat from the Bedsty Goodwill. And we had to push the taxi. It was so stuck in the snow. And then we were walking away and the guy rolled his window down. And he yelled, is that a raccoon coat? And Lucas was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that party? Uh, it was at Alex Kane's. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that must have been, uh, yeah, Kristen and Love Alex. Love that guy. <laughs> I ran into him in Montauk not too long ago, too, with his <laughs> beautiful kid and his gorgeous wife. Alex was very My nice uh, to always let me set up shop in his office where I could interrogate partygoers. <laughs> I'd sit behind his big desk and have them come in and be like, so tell me, what do you think you can bring to the organization? Oh, that's right. That's a great question. <laughs> Anytime I find a big desk at a party, I'm just, I, I'm a terror. <laughs> I'm just, the God. party is unfun for anyone but me. For whom Note to self, buy large desk. <laughs> <laughs> Party tyrant of sorts. Yeah, yeah that's better. Okay. <laughs> Got to keep them on their toes when they're coming in there. Get them on the right path. Yep. Get them on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's well documented in this conversation <laughs> that that's not happening. We also, there was a Steve Kramer party because he's famous for wearing his shiny shirts. And Schaefer convinced all of our friends at this party to go into Steve Kramer's closet, take off <laughs> our shirts and put on Steve Kramer's shiny shirts and go back out into the party. And it I was, was reminiscing about that with, with him actually just the other day. Yeah. Sarah Rayo and I got into his closet and <laughs> distributed all of his shiny shirts to everyone. So all of a sudden, you know, if you weren't paying attention, you just turned around and everybody was dressed like Steve Kramer. <laughs> Was he was he cool with it? Did he roll with it? Yeah, yeah he definitely did. Oh, yeah, he yeah. rolled. Yeah. Oh, he rolled. <laughs> he rolled. He was rolling pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty hard to surprise Steve Kramer, let me tell you. <laughs> Many people have tried. <laughs> this is like, this is the episode where people are going to be getting at us and being like, who's Steve Kramer? <laughs> what were those people talking about? <laughs> Use the Google machine. I'm sure you can find them. In a shiny oh, shirt. Here, here. Uh, Google Google Street Framer at your own at your own risk. <laughs> you guys vamp. I'm doing it right. <laughs> so, Cornhouses uh, engaged, married. Um, Mike and Nell have two children now, two beautiful kids. Laura Kornhauser is engaged to be married. Um, oh. Michelle Kornhauser is married. And, uh, you know, Jared's got his two little sisters, too, up here. So it's a lot of fun. 
it's a lot of women. I mean, it's, it really is like the boat scenario where I'm with my best friends and it's really nice because it's family and we're all together. Yeah, that's it's great. Just, uh, it's, we're very lucky that we're all sort of in the same age range and we've all <laughs> really uh, tried to make the most of what's going on. A lot of projects at the farm. Built a golf course, built a big garden this year, got chickens. Just built a golf of... course? Talk, tell us more about that. Well, it was started because the men wanted an excuse to get away from the women and get outside. And then we were like, oh, no, <laughs> we're, we're out there, too. This is a Title IX situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now here, and then I, I, I think it sort of uh, ruined it for them a little bit. <laughs> but it was a empty field, and it, it made sense to make, you know, put some holes out there. It was very fun. They put some cups in the ground and do some tight mowing yeah, right around the cup? The uh, certain spots are marked by uh, Juice Bomb IPA cans. Okay. Um, spent some skeet shooting. There's an apple orchard. Mm. We make cider. Really uh, tried to pioneer people our way through. That sounds so awesome. It's great. Uh, it, we, I mean, we have done a lot. But I think when people drive by the farm, it really looks like a cult because we tend to all wear the same outfits and sort of dress alike because we're a lot of farm gear. So we went through a phase where we were wearing all white because the ticks are a problem and we wanted to see if there were ticks on us. Mm -hmm. And um, like when we had our Easter church service, we decided to do it in the front yard uh, as opposed to the other 200 or whatever acres behind us. Because it was nice in the front yard and we were all dressed in white. <laughs> People just kept driving by on the slow country road and slowing down and looking at us. And I was like, we do look like we're in a cult right now. Totally fine with that. But that's what it would appear to the outside world. That's totally fine. Just a cult next door. No biggie. <laughs> Upstate New York is where is, is considered the cradle of American cults. It's a cradle of, cult, of cults. Wasn't that where, wasn't that where there was that, Preacher back in the 1850s, who was, he was like one of the OG American big, the world is going to end guys. Ooh, I love hearing and those he got stories. And he got a lot of people together and was like, hey, here we go. It's about to, you know. The Mormons actually started in Western New York before they headed. Oh, the yeah. Well, you know what? You guys come up here. We're going to cult crawl. <laughs> All right. I like I think we're all big fans of cults here. <laughs> or at least Renee, for hilarity. Have you ever actually crossed paths with the current president? Oh, yes. I've met Joe. I thought so. I was a, as a young woman, I just loved politics. And I was, at the time, a young Democrat. I wouldn't say now that I'm anything. But I was super political and involved in Oklahoma politics and, um, and the young Democrats um, went to a lot of DNC meetings and did all that stuff. It was very fun. But I was a huge fan of Joe Biden's because I always thought he was a great advocate for children. They did a lot in Delaware to help with small kids. And I just thought he was a great American. And whenever I 
finally, I mean, I encountered him many times and saw him speak or whatever, but the first time I ever got like a real intro and got to talk to him, I just said, man, if you ever want to run for president, I will quit whatever I'm doing, school, anything to run your campaign in Oklahoma. And he just smiled and he said, lucky me. He's <laughs> 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 very charming. He's very, very funny. <laughs> And I felt like everyone around was like, oh. <laughs> but um, I have pictures with him. That was a that was the DNC in two thousand four, maybe. Was that was it? Was a Carrie Edwards campaign? So there was. He has been accused of some inappropriate touching. Am I right? I I'm yes. Yeah. He has. Right. Did was it a good touch or a bad touch? He never did anything inappropriate with me. Okay. I've never it's known good. anyone who has done anything inappropriate that. with. But I mean, he was my hero, and I re- I'm quoted in my high school yearbook somewhere as being like, "One day Joe Biden will be president." Because I was such a little nerd, and now I'm like, "Jesus, like, where's my mom? You gotta send me my high school yearbook." Nailed it. Um, so you're from Oklahoma, you're originally from Oklahoma? I'm originally from Western PA, and then I moved to Oklahoma at the age of eight. Oh, that's, that's similar, like, um, tragedy has happened with Shafee, right? Because <laughs> he was living in Houston and was, you know, was a Lubbock refugee. And I could see coming from the Northeast and then moving to Oklahoma. Was, it, was, it, was that tough? It was tough, mostly because I you know, miss my grandparents so bad and our family, but uh, there were a lot of great things that happened for me in Oklahoma that wouldn't have happened if we'd lived in Western PA, but also, you know, I missed out on having those memories with that family growing up. We, um, my family, my mom's siblings all migrated to Oklahoma from Pennsylvania because my uh, grandmother was a member of a very large missionary church. Huh? And and Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and okay. eventually, all of her kids moved out there. We weren't moving out there to become part of that church, but we did move out there, and it. I'm glad for the time I had there. I'm I miss my family in Pennsylvania, but it's just funny. It's very different. People will always be <laughs> like, "Ooh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Did you live in teepees? You know, make whatever joke." And I was like, "It was. There was a lot to do." It was a great experience. Public school kid. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, we have I, a- I have I have a dim view of Oklahoma, but that's just a Texas Oklahoma joke. I, I think that I hear Oklahoma's quite nice. We used to drive to Texas to get the six point beer. That was always a big thing at the time because Right. I mean not when I was a kid, I'm saying, but you know. Uh, right. There were a lot of those jokes that you'd always hear, and we actually, um, Schaefer knows the story well, but the state of Texas, they were trying to gerrymander and, and redistrict, and at the time I was working at the state capitol as an intern in the Senate, but I also worked on the side for the Senate Democrats PAC, and um, my girlfriend Vicki Murphy, who Schaefer knows very well, <laughs> We were at our little intern desks upstairs, like in the attic of the state capitol, and someone called and they were like, you gotta uh, get in your car right now and you gotta drive down to the Texas-Oklahoma border. The Democrats are gonna flee because they don't wanna vote 
on this like gerrymandering bill for redistricting. And um, of course, Vicki Murphy was like, okay, let's go, get in the car. <laughs> we, we ran out of the Capitol on our little pantyhose and little suits. And we got in the car <laughs> and we just start driving, like waiting to get the next phone call. We're literally driving towards the border. And um, we figured out that all these people had fled Texas, the representatives to just cross the border into Oklahoma. And they were trying not to get in trouble. You can literally, I guess, in the state of Texas back then get arrested if you don't show up to vote. And they know it's an obvious everyone walking out situation. So we went down there, we went to the liquor store, went to get food, take all the stuff to this hotel for the, the runaway Democrats. And um, <laughs> someone comes up and he's got a phone on and he's like, uh, someone wants to say something to you. And as he says that, this huge thing arrives with like 40 bottles of Jack Daniels and red bandanas, and it was Willie Nelson. And he said, you guys are doing the right thing. You gotta do it, and you kids helping, keep on keeping on, don't let up. And we were all like, oh. <laughs> we were like jaw on the ground. Willie Nelson called and congratulated all of us. We didn't even know what we were doing. We just literally had to show up and help staff them there for a while while they figured their stuff out. But that was a real, that was right on the border of Oklahoma, Texas. That, that story, that's been told on this podcast thus far. <laughs> a redheaded stranger surprise there at the end. Love that. Holy cow. <clears throat> Well, that's cool. It was really cool. I just, I don't know why I assumed that like coming from Pennsylvania as a kid to Oklahoma wouldn't be a bad thing. But I mean, you know, you, you, you lived a lot of your formative years in Oklahoma. So it's a, it's a, I have a complicated relationship with Oklahoma. I have a lot of good <laughs> memories. There's a lot of things I feel. It was time, like when I moved to New York, I was like, oh, I got to scoot <laughs> i gotta get out of here and i was just that age i was 20 years old i was like i gotta get to new york city i need a change i'm sure glad i did but it was you know it's all there for a reason all the stuff that all the places we live yeah hmm. a lot of great things came from oklahoma like leon russell yep reba mcintyre hank thompson Garth Brooks. I'm still I'm still having trouble. Anything else? <laughs> Did anyone watch the the Garth Brooks documentary that they like suddenly put on Netflix? <laughs> it's like really old, but they just decided to put it back on. We watched it one night, and I was like, God, he just is the most dramatic man. <laughs> so dramatic, and he, he does this thing where he's constantly trying to explain something's a blessing and a curse and he moves his hands like a yin yin <laughs> now it's sort of become a symbol in our house and within the family like it's like oh um <laughs> anything okay. that happens you got to do that yin yang move okay huh i like that is that a is that part of the cult it, it's definitely a in the church when you go in everyone yeah, makes yeah, symbols yeah. to each other the yin yang right. hand as you're seated not to be confused with the Yang Yang twins. <laughs> well. Shavy? 
Uh, Schaefer constantly looks like he's looking something up over there that he's about to tell us about. I wanted to, well, uh, Renee, I don't know if you've been apprised of the situation, but about 20% of our listeners are in the uh, Asian subcontinent of India. And I've been, uh, you know, trying to, trying to kind of follow things over there uh, so we could tailor just a little bit of, a little bit of content for uh, these listeners of ours, these faithful and beloved members oh. of One Magical Nation. Do we need a beat for this section? Absolutely. Take you think so? Little news crew. Gonna... Well, oh, oh, I was going to do like a special like Indian subcontinent beat. Like subcontinental Shafi Bollywood type beat. Shafi, can you do some Bollywood news for us just real quick? I'd like to welcome Subcontinental uh, Correspondent Schaefer Hall. What's, so what's going on in India? I'm just getting updated here. Uh, they're going to try, and I'm not sure exactly how they'll do this, but they're currently trying to ban all cryptocurrencies in India. And uh, what they want to do is they want to create a cryptocurrency of their own. Uh, I'm a little confused about how... You could really enforce a ban on cryptocurrency. Um, I'm not yeah, really... isn't that the nature of cryptocurrency, that it sort of transcends uh, yeah. Yeah, the laws it, of man? Anonymous. Sounds a little cultish of them to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to create their own money like that. But. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we, gotta, we might have to put a pin in this one and wait till we get uh, uh, marketplace consultants uh, and field correspondent Dickie Hall back on the show. <laughs> the uh, Maria Bartiromo of <laughs> cryptocurrency. They've got some OG cults in India, you know. Like, but they, now we uh, they, they they did it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we can remember. I, I saw another uh, story uh, to kind of uh, raise some concerns about them. Um, uh, imprisoning a comedian who was classified as a dissident. Um, so if you're out there and you're listening, uh, get back at me from over there and, and let me know a little more about this stuff. Kind of try to point me in a direction so I can, so I can help you guys out. I want to be a, I want to be more of a part of your lives for that 20% of one magical nation. So Shafi, Shafi, am I a dissident? I think that you have, <laughs> Certain you quality. Get locked up, Rampy. <laughs> what did, what did you say, Renee? What? You get locked up like most comedians. <laughs> I could be, like we were talking about Sammy Davis Jr. and his FBI files, I am definitely a threat to the war machine. <laughs> Peace, Nick, robot loving podcaster. That worked. And uh, I, uh, I gotta say, folks, that's 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 about it for me. My well has run dry. This that's all the content you have here. Yeah, after after John Ham, it's pretty much. <laughs> after this, Shaver's gonna FaceTime me, and we're gonna pretend like we're Eliza Minnelli and Halston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but that's uh, classic. The best. <laughs> The vast majority is not ready for that yet. <laughs> you, gotta, 
a different keep, show. It gets a little blue. Got to keep a lid on that one. <laughs> well, Renee, thank you so much for bringing the party from the Catskills tonight. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Me. I hope that we'll see your faces up here and we can have our own communion Dude. together. Dude, I would, I would join y'all's cult like that. Yeah, once, once this, once this virus is done with, uh, you won't be able to, you won't be able to keep us away with, uh, with fiery sticks or. It's cannons. gonna be a cat skill hoot nanny. None of that. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then we'll take Rampy out to uh, Montauk. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I want to go to Montauk so bad. You don't know. You would you would fit right in at the talk house, Rambi. Let me tell you, <laughs> Renee. Have you heard Milton's new album? I haven't yet. I I I need well, to do that. Like well, now. we're gonna we're gonna go out with another one of of his tracks because because uh, we just would, we just would, can't get enough. I can't I wait. Best I've never had game. Okay, say it again. I've never had game. Okay, that sounds about right for this podcast. Yeah. That's uh, on on brand for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I uh, I love you guys. Love and well wishes and peace and all the good things and, and out there in uh, in one magical nation, all those hunter gatherers. I love love all you guys too. Me too. Get at us. Get at us. Side of the world in India, we love you. In Maryland, where. Miss Ellen, Ellen Ferguson is tucking herself to bed. We love you. We love you in the Bay, love Captain you. Q. Hoot, Hoot and Brenda, we love you. We love you. West Side, it's the best side. Uh, my dad, my dad just recovered from uh, is recovering from surgery. He's doing well though. Love you, Dad. Here's to all of you, each and every one of you. And listen, don't forget the poor are the choices. So sweet as a wine. You walked in just as I was leaving. I smiled at you, you smiled back at me. When I closed my eyes late that evening, you're the Let's make
I'm shining all through the 